It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. That's right. Monday editions are back, people. We're cranking out five episodes a week from here on out. I am still in Chicago at the moment, and the Khalil Mack news is still shaking the airwaves out here in Chicago. We're going to talk about that later in the show. We've got our friend Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears on the show. He's going to talk to us about initial reactions here in Chicago how it shakes up with Aaron Donald, and just kind of pick his brain on the whole process. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the emergency podcast that we did over the weekend, I had James Kroger on, and we broke down the Aaron Donald deal as it happened. He was the highest paid defensive player for all of a day, but you know what? That was one glorious day. And actually, now I feel like we got a pretty good deal. Because honestly, if you had to pick one or the other, Cleo Mack or Aaron Donald, hands down, I pick Aaron Donald every time. He is the number one man of the position. It could be very likely that he goes back-to-back for Defensive Players of the Year. And we don't have to see him on Monday Night Football. We will see him, however, Week 14 versus the Bears in December at Soldier Field. But you know what? As Todd Gurley said, man, I'm glad we don't have to see him on Monday night. We'll see him later in the season. Guys, we have a packed show today. We've got some roster talks to talk about. We're going to talk about the practice squad a little bit. And then obviously we have the chat with Lauren Cox later in the show. Before we get rolling, don't forget to go hit the subscribe button. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you can stream podcasts on it, we are there. Locked on Rams. Hit the subscribe button. Share it out with some friends. I want to say thank you to guys right now because all the interaction on social media, it's been great. Our numbers are growing. So if you're a new listener, Welcome. Hope you stay all season because it's going to be a fun one. And if you don't know where we're at, it's Locked On Rams on Twitter and Instagram, LA underscore Rambling Bear, or the old fashioned way, email. <laughs> that is lockedonrams at gmail.com. Hit me up, ask me a question. We're going to start doing mailbag stuff. So reach out to me if you want to hear anything on the show. I'll be more than happy to read it out, give you a shout out. We appreciate all of you in Rams Nation. One last thing before we get going. I know I mentioned it before, and I'm going to mention it just a couple more times because I'm really excited about it. And college football kicked off this week, so I know they're going crazy on the locked-on college portion of our network. We have launched 10 colleges. We have another 5 to 10 coming any day now. Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oregon, BYU, Penn State, who had a real shocker with Appalachian State. If you don't know, guys, I'm a Michigan fan, and Appalachian State came and beat us 11 years ago. I saw it all over the place leading into college weekend. I was so excited to see them go in and hopefully do the same thing to Penn State so I could rub it in some of those fans' faces as they've been doing for the past 11 years. But Penn State pulled out in overtime. But go check it out. I'm sure that was one heck of a podcast they had on Monday following that amazing game. Let me know what your college team is. I'll put a good word in. We'll see if we can get it up and loaded. Or if you know anyone that would be a great host for one of our colleges, let me know as well. Pass it along. I know a guy. Well, as I said, fully loaded show. Might as well start. Our 53-man roster is set. The Rams over the weekend 
released half of the cuts on Friday, then came in late on Saturday with the rest of them. Not a ton of shockers. We'll get to it as some of those guys moved over to the practice squad. But let's just start. I'll go from top to bottom. We'll break it down a little bit deeper tomorrow as we got a lot to get to today. James Kroger will be on the show tomorrow, so another good one. So from the top, we're carrying three quarterbacks. I'm not too happy about it. I'm still not 100% sure this is the roster that we hit that Monday night football game with. There's lots of time. A lot of teams are releasing players and a lot of quarterbacks out there. That's something we're going to get into tomorrow is what are some of our other options out there. But starting at quarterback, obviously the man, the myth, the Goff, Jared Goff comes in at the starter. Sean Mannion and Brandon Allen make the team. Same quarterback room as last year, so there's, there's nothing shaking up there. Four running backs, it's kind of what we thought. Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly, and Justin Davis, who's been banged up but did enough in camp, did enough last year to make the team as well. Again, saw some really high upside with him. I'm excited. That guy's got some explosiveness. Like to see him on special teams and some other areas as well. Wide receivers, again, no shocker. Same room as last year except for Brandon Cooks. So on top of that would be Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Farrell Cooper, and Mike Thomas. That was my question mark. Will Mike Thomas make this roster? I was really pulling for Kadero Hodge, but we'll talk about him in a little bit. Tight ends. Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, and Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt made the team, and you know what? He finished with an amazing preseason, especially game four. He was really one of the only highlights of that game. He finishes the highest graded offensive player with an 82.4 via pro football focus. Johnny earned 29 of his 40 yards after the catch and converted one first down on four catches for the fifth highest receiving grade among all tight ends in the final week of the preseason, 88.8. My man Johnny Munt made the team. We'll talk about who that left out in a little bit. Offensive line, we talked about this the other day, but no shockers here. Andrew Whitworth, Roger Saffold, John Sullivan, Havistein, Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen, Demby, and Austin Blythe. They basically said our starters, plus the rookies, and Austin Blythe, they feel real good about this rookie group. Jamon Brown, not on this roster. He's suspended for the first two games, but he'll join the roster after that. As we switch over to the defense, defense line, newly extended Aaron Donald, even though he has an exempt on him and he won't initially count for a roster spot, which is nice, so it buys a little bit of time getting an extra guy in camp. Dominican Sue, Michael Brockers, Tanzel Smart, Ethan Westbrook, John Franklin Meyer, Sebastian Joseph Day. It's a pretty good list right there. Outside linebacker, we kept five. Ebocum, Longacre, Justin Lawler, Trevon Young, and Dominic Easley. Inside linebacker, again, kept five. Corey Littleton, Barron, Micah Kaiser, Rameek Wilson, Bryce Hager, and cornerbacks, we kept five as well. Peters, Tlaib, NRC, Troy Hill, and Sam Shields. I can't tell you guys how excited I am about Sam Shields. He's done some amazing things this preseason. I think he could have a very impact year. Low risk with a high ceiling. Love Sam Shields the way he is. Seems to be back. Safety, we kept five. LaMarcus Joyner, John Johnson, Blake Countess, Marquise Christensen, Isaiah Johnson. The last two... Marquise and Isaiah really made it hard to be cut. They just kept performing. McVay really loves them. He loves depth at that secondary. Those guys can play multiple positions, so they did themselves a favor. Also on special teams, be able to make an impact on this team. So good for those guys. And then, you know the specialists. Greg Zerloin, Johnny Hecker, and Jake McQuaid. My man, Jake! If you didn't hear my podcast when we were going to camp, Jake McQuaid is one of the nicest guys that's out there. Super excited for him. Obviously, that's a no-brainer. He's an all-pro snapper. 
Uh, I just got to give an extra shout out to him because when he was signing autographs, he was like, who needs me, man? I'm here to sign anything. Super awesome dude and uh, excited that our special teams roster just continues to be stacked. Guys that we could trust. Special teams sometimes gets overlooked and that's a unit that can win games. So guys, that is the 53. I feel super good about it. I knew coming into camp, I was feeling good about it. It's there. It's right in front of us. I feel even better. We've got a lot more coming up on this show. So we're going to step aside from a quick word from our sponsor. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about mybookie.ag. Remember, it's not always about who you're betting on, but who you're betting with. And that's why you guys know I give the bear stamp of approval to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, this is the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They got great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy too. Lay down some cash, win big. Their motto is you win, you get paid. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's right, mybookie, M-Y. B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget, use the promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. They have super fast payouts. They have in-game live betting. That is definitely my favorite. I was doing it all weekend during college football. Walked away with some money. I'm not cashing out yet because we've got lots of games coming up. I went and checked on that Rams versus Oakland game. We went from a three-point underdog to a four-and-a-half-point favorite, all on trading Cleo Mack. Maybe a little aggressive on the line moving, but I wish I put my money down earlier. So if you haven't yet, go to mybookie.ag, throw down some money. I'm going to go ahead and put my neck out there and say it's the bear lock pick of the week because the Rams are definitely winning that game. Guys, one more quick word from a sponsor. We'll be back with more on the roster, practice squad, and then Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. It's your host, Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. It's the Monday edition. Get used to it, baby. Five days a week. 
Monday is here, no longer the worst day of the week. I'm going to get you through your drive to work or your drive home. Catch up on old podcasts. We had a great one the other day with James as we broke down the Aaron Donald news. We got super jacked. He was the highest paid player. That was over quick, but you know what? $40 million signing bonus. I don't think he's too upset still, so we're good. As we talked on the other side, we're going to get into the roster a little bit more tomorrow as James rejoins the show. We're excited about that. Got a great week of shows. We are bringing on my boy Q from Lockdown Raiders Wednesday. Every Wednesday moving forward, we're going to have our crossover edition. It's going to be whoever we're matched up against, that local Lockdown host. It's going to be exciting. So every Wednesday, crossover Wednesday, we're excited about that. And it's going to start this week with my boy Q. And, and when I say my boy Q, I'm sure me and him are going to be cool, but that's what he goes by, my boy Q. So I'm excited to chat with him. He talked with Lauren Cox from Bears earlier. Listen to that. Great episode. He's a little hurt about the Khalil Mack, so I'll try to be sensitive. But at the same time, we got our guy. It's game week. I might have to do a couple cracks. I hope he's okay with that. I'm sure he is. Hopefully he's recovered a little bit. Can you imagine losing Aaron Donald this week? It would be a rough week, folks. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. But that's not the case. Our man signed for six more years on top of the one. So seven altogether. My man got paid. Well, as we promised, we're going to get into the practice squad. Uh, The Rams initially handed out 10 contracts. Still have one spot. The only person that was signed by another team was offensive lineman Neary. We talked about him earlier. He had some great preseason games. Probably would have been added to our practice squad, but the Browns snatched him up. I think the Browns and the Jets both swallowed a bunch of dudes up off of the waiver wire, which doesn't say good signs leading the team. It was extremely tough to make our team, and they're bringing five, six guys in. Uh, Doesn't say much about that roster, so we'll see how that shakes out for them. But for us, here are the guys that are heading to the practice squad. One of our fan favorite guys, Finally got his action in the preseason. Got to give him a little taste of what the NFL is all about. Luis Perez, he's joining the practice squad. We're going to get him some more coaching. We're going to keep him near us. And if anything happens with our quarterbacks, we always got him to call on. We mentioned it earlier in the show, but Kaderil Hodge was added to the practice squad. I'm super stoked about that. I like keeping him close. You never know what's going to happen with injuries or the depth. This guy has got huge upside. He tweeted out, said he was super thankful. Not bad for a small-town guy sitting here in L.A. on a practice squad. Just a step away from being on that 53-man roster. So congratulations to him. Steven Mitchell Jr., local USC guy. Lots of upside as well. He's on there. Tameric Hemingway, guy that lots of us thought would make the 53. Reading some of his cryptic tweets, he was a little upset and... He knows that there's a plan out there for him, but he's on the practice squad. You know, a guy that's coming off injury, didn't perform up to what we really expected, but he's got some he's got some talent, man. He's he's got great size, he's got great speed, just gotta work on those hands a little bit, gotta become a little bit better of a blocker, and just gotta be a little bit more consistent. Gotta be able to trust him on play to play. And really, special teams, again, we talk about really wanting to make the team. You gotta be able to contribute. If you're not a starter, you gotta find other ways to contribute. So hopefully Tameric Hemingway isn't down there for long he'll have another opportunity to find his way back up but he's on the practice squad for now joining him will be henry krieger krobel who is in the list of fun names to say so that's two tight ends that we got there uh jeremiah clone who's a guard we also have cornerbacks dominique hatfield and ramon richards and then state and then safety steven parker is joining that list as well so i believe we got space for one more 
We'll see how it shakes out. There's a lot of players out there. I'm sure this is a story that's going to continue to develop. That 53-man roster, will, and then technically 54, since Aaron Donald doesn't count, but he is on the team. One of those guys from that 54 will probably move down to the practice squad or... We look to add somebody elsewhere. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. Like I said, we're going to talk about that tomorrow on the show. Who is out there? How can we go get them? And will it be a good fit for us? All right, we're going to jump over one quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. I'm going to pick his brain on the Khalil Mack deal, and we'll finish the show that way. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow, Locked On Tuesday, with James Kroger. So good to be back on Mondays. I'm excited to bring you five days of Rams content on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Now here's my conversation I had with Lauren Cox of the Lockdown Bears. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. I'm excited about our next guest. This won't be his last appearance on the show. We'll get him back here week 14 in our crossover series that we'll be doing all year long. We're here with the Locked On Bears host, Lauren Cox. Lauren, how you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing well. It's uh, been a busy weekend, I'm sure, for both of us here with 53-man rosters and lots of transactions. But I'm really enjoying it. been having a lot of fun, and I'm glad to be back. Oh, man, you're telling me it has been a crazy weekend. Both of us got to be extremely happy coming out of it. As a Rams fan, I'll ask you right out of the gate, how does it feel to sign the second best defensive player that was available? Well, you know, <laughs> the Bears paid even more money, so yeah. it, it it's, a, it's a little bit uh, more uh, strenuous on the pocketbook there. But when you have the chance for the Bears to add a player of this caliber from another team, not just on your own team bringing him back, but to be able to acquire a player like this, it's a it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a team. I compare it to, like, Reggie White going to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, in his prime, just an exciting weekend for sure. Yeah, and you guys get the Packers week one, now that you mentioned that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Just to recap, Mac is now the highest paid defensive player, as you mentioned. Deal is averages $23.5 million, includes $90 million in guaranteed money, and $60 million on the signing bonus. Bears gave up two first-round picks, 2019, 2020, a third-round pick in 2020, sixth-round pick in 2019, got Mac in return as well as a second round pick in 2020 and a conditional fifth in 2020. Did I get that right? Yeah, there's a lot okay. of moving parts there. But but it's 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 a it's a nice deal overall. Yeah, and that's, you know, what uh your general manager Ryan Pace basically said to go out and get an elite defensive player in their prime as you mentioned is very rare. Uh, so to go and get this, obviously you're excited, but your initial reaction, when did you first hear it? Kind of walk me through, um, you know, because there was a lot of talk about he'd be going a lot of places, but kind of walk me through how, how it went as a Bears fan. So I made the mistake of sleeping in Saturday morning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I woke up to literally 300 messages on my phone from different places that I work. And, you know, uh, so there was a it was a, it was kind of I had to wake up very quickly. I didn't didn't need coffee or anything that morning because there was plenty plenty to get me rolling already. So yeah, it was it's one of those things when you first hear it, you kind of you're like, wait a minute, is this is this the real Adam Schefter that I'm reading on here? Right, you know, is, right. Am I being trolled here? Is you know what's what exactly is happening? And then immediately you know once you get beyond just the holy crap, they they added one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Then it's like, okay, wait a minute. 
what what is this going to cost them? You know, how how much did they just mortgage their future? And I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, it was going to cost multiple first round picks and that's difficult. But you have an aggressive general manager who, who saw an opportunity to make a pretty high impact move. And so, you know, all in all, they came away pretty, pretty good, I think, with with the compensation they had to get give up. It was a lot, but it's the chances of any of those draft picks combining to be any near as good as Khalil Mack is relatively low. Oh, for sure. I love the game plan. And, you know, really looking back at what the Bears have done in the past, obviously they got Mitchell Trubisky really high. They traded up and went and got him. Uh, you guys, I know you guys are excited about the draft pick this year. Uh, but looking back on some of the Bears' drafts, they haven't drafted in the first round all too well in general. So to give up two picks and go and get a guy who is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime chance at this point to give up two picks, I don't think it's terrible. You get that second-round pick, I think it ends up being a pretty good deal for you guys. I think a lot of teams around the league are pretty jealous uh, that it was you guys, and especially that Green Bay Packer game, which we have week one. Do you see him jumping in and playing week one right away. Obviously, Aaron Donald, very familiar with our system. And, I, you know, with signing him, we expect him to be available that Monday night football game. But, you know, I mean, they just gave him $60 million when he put his name on the dotted line. Do you expect him out there week one? Yeah, I think they're going to be cautious as far as not asking him to do too much. And I guess in that sense, they're fortunate that he, you know, that they've been able to prepare so long without him that they were ready to to start two other, you know, another person in his place at outside linebacker. And realistically, that's how it's going to be probably for the first snap against Green Bay. But anytime you get into those third and long situations, those passing situations, you're going to see Khalil Mack. He doesn't need to know the playbook. He just needs to know, uh, go get the quarterback. And so when you get him on the field, you tell him to go get the quarterback. He'll go get the quarterback, and I think you know he, he'll get a, a decent number of snaps, but far from ready to be an every-down player. Right, and I know you just had a, a crossover edition with uh, Locked On Raiders with my boy Q, who's going to be on the show this week as we play the Raiders week one. Uh, he kind of gave you a little bit inside from the Oakland perspective, but how does Mac really fit in as far as we talked about him getting in week one? Is it kind of just a plug and play? Obviously, you guys had planned, if this didn't go through, that you were going to move forward without him. So uh, does this fit perfectly, or are they going to kind of shift things around, or is this kind of like couldn't be a better fit for you guys? Yeah, it's pretty much a couldn't be a better fit thing. You know, the Bears had a huge, huge need at outside linebacker. It was by far the weakest position on the roster. Everyone was worried about how well they're going to be able to dumpster dive here this weekend and pick up another team's trash and, and try and make it into some semblance of a pass rush. So when you when you add a player like this that's dominant against the run and dominant at getting after the quarterback, it's a pretty easy plug and play. And, and the comparison that's kind of being drawn is to Vic Fangio's 49ers defenses back under Jim Harbaugh. You know, they had right. Alden Smith at outside linebacker, uh, Patrick Willis at inside linebacker, and Justin Smith on the defensive line. The Bears have now Khalil Mack for that Alden Smith role. They drafted Roquan Smith for that Patrick Willis role. And then they have Akeem Hicks on the defensive line to kind of be that Justin Smith role. Maybe a little bit underrated in that sense, but you see the, the pieces in place here to really build a, an intimidating and dominating front seven. 
Well, that Week 14 matchup that we talked about at the beginning of this segment is going to be pretty interesting with those two dominant defenses of the Rams and the Bears. Well, at least at this point, you think on paper uh, they're going to be pretty interesting to watch. I actually went and picked the Bears defense up in my fantasy league because they were sitting out there, and I said, why not? I know I'm in the league with a lot of Chicago people. That might be some good trade bait. So went out there and grabbed them. We'll see how that goes. A lot of talk about the Rams kind of winning the offseason, right? All the big moves and Tlaib, Peters, Sue can even throw in Sam Shields and Aaron Donald since, you know, made that happen. But the Bears had a pretty impressive offseason as well. A little bit quieter, but, they, you know, they picked up Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Tyler Gabriel, Kyle Fuller was signed to an extension, and then obviously Mack here. How do you think the pressure is as far as these Bears to, you know, what what did they win last year? Uh, how many games? Four, six, somewhere in that range? Five. How, five, okay. So right in the middle. How many, how much pressure is them to really crank it up because the Chicago Bears haven't had, you know, a really solid record in a handful of years. So is there pressure now to, is this like playoff talk now or or where do we put this, you know, level of expectation for the Chicago Bears? In Chicago, it's playoff talk now, but I'm not sure that's the case outside of Chicago because there's a massive difference, you know, locally versus nationally in the perception of Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback that you would be hard pressed to find too many Bears fans and and even a lot of the media reporters seem to be pretty convinced he is at least some so, some sort of the real deal of a right. quarterback. Not that he is a top five quarterback someday, but just that they're, everyone's pretty sure that this kid has what it takes to be a pretty reliable starting quarterback. Even if that's only Alex Smith level, it's still a reliable starting quarterback. And outside of Chicago, there's a lot of people that are still wondering – is Mitchell Trubisky the Bears' long-term future at quarterback? Is he any good? And so in that, in that sense, nationally, I don't feel like there is as much pressure on this team because I think that they have more to prove to a lot of people outside. But I think internally there's a lot of pressure to produce now. This Khalil Mack trade is obviously a win-now move. And they're trying to maximize this this window to win a championship while your quarterback is on his rookie contract, much like the Rams are doing. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So uh, we talked about, you know, kind of that that setup for pressure and what's going to happen. How much is really on Mitchell Trubisky then to come out and play well? Because obviously with all these moves, giving him some more offensive threat, you know, spending a lot of money, kind of really banking on him, not having to pay him for a, a while, but, you know, really invested him in, obviously went up and got him in a high draft pick. How much pressure is on the quarterback in this position? Yeah, pretty much every single move, the Bears made this offseason solely puts the pressure on Mitchell Trubisky's shoulders. You know, they signed the head coach, the offensive, innovative head coach, who was a former quarterback who has developed quarterbacks before and played under Andy Reid for a long time or coached under Andy Reid. You know, they they signed two wide receivers in free agency and draft another one in the second round. You know, they they draft a center slash left guard in the second round of the draft. They, they add a tight end. You know, they continue to retool this defense. They bring back the defensive coordinator. Everything is in place to try and make things as easy as they can on this quarterback and to put him in the position to be successful. They're really handing him the keys to the car. And, you know, we've, we've seen him on his learner's permit last year, but now, now he's got to drive for real. <laughs> Great point. And he did show a little bit. Uh, last season that he's kind of ready to take that next step we saw it here in LA with Jared Goff he just needed the opportunity he needed the confidence behind him the right system a lot of moving pieces for the Bears here but if all lines up this could end up turning around pretty quickly you've heard a lot of comparisons to these two teams as far as 
Could the Bears be the Rams of last year? It's going to be fun to watch. Again, that Week 14 matchup late in the season in Chicago in December is going to be a great match for everybody. Um, As we look future, um, I know the Rams have some money left. A lot of people were like, how are you guys signing everybody? And the weird thing is we have roughly 30 to $35 million under the cap next year. So we've still got some uh, people to sign, but we've got some, some movement, right? What about the Bears? Where are they at, right? Because they just spent a bunch of money. They got all these guys. They gave up some high draft picks. So you're not really banking on some more young talent coming in in the first round. Uh, how does the next couple years look for the Bears? Is this the core or are, do they have some movement to maybe add another piece later? So in, in some sense, it's the young core because they don't have they don't have a first or second round pick next year and they you know they don't have a first the year after that so in that sense they're a little bit limited from a a, a young player and a a draft capital perspective but they do have a, a little bit of cash to work with you know they're not they're not going to have a ton of move to a ton of room to move around and, and add major pieces at this point but they still have a couple players that they're looking to extend to longer term contracts eddie goldman at the nose tackle and adrian amos at safety in particular so you know that's going to take up a little bit of their cash they've probably got the space i want to say like projected like 16 17 heading into next offseason with the way they stand now which is is enough to fill out the bottom of your roster and maybe go out and sign you know one impact player so they're not totally cash cash strapped but you're not going to see them spend the way they have the last couple off seasons for sure. Well, I'm jealous, my man. Cleo Mack is an amazing player, and I can't be too jealous because we're sitting here with a pretty stacked defense ourselves. But there was a there's a few rumors around Rams Nation that Les Snead was kicking the tires on this deal and trying to figure out how we could make it work. It would have been ridiculous if we did, and maybe the NFL would have said, no way, that's just not fair. I, I referenced with <laughs> another co-host of mine that it would go back to kind of that Chris Paul deal when he got traded to the Lakers and they kind of vetoed it. Uh, it just would have seemed a little unfair if, if Cleo Mack joined uh, the team. I'm you know, I'm glad to not have him see him on week one versus the Raiders, but he's still in the NFC West. This still might have a, a play here with the Rams, obviously, week 14. So we obviously talked about uh, predictions as far as what the city is saying and what the team might be feeling. We'll finish it with this. What is Lauren saying about this? What is your prediction, win-loss record, just kind of rough? Where are you feeling? Are we going above 8-8, eight and eight, obviously? Are we making the playoffs as a Chicago Bear? What's going on? I think the NFC is going to be too tough for the Bears to make the playoffs, but that doesn't necessarily mean their win total won't be impressive. That I think prior to this trade, I, I kind of was thinking eight and eight was a was a decent number to, to hover around, and that might still be fourth in the NFC North because he had two Super Bowl contenders and the Detroit Lions, who are right. also potential playoff push level team. I, I think the MAC trade is enough to separate the Bears a little bit more from the Lions and put them in that nine or ten win range, but. I think both the Packers and Vikings will make the playoffs. And, you know, you look at like the NFC West with the Rams and the 49ers are both looking like potential playoff teams and the NFC South with the Falcons and the Saints. I mean, I just don't think there's room for three NFC North teams in the playoffs. And I'm not ready to put the Bears above the Packers or Vikings. So, you know, nine and seven, 10 and six, if things really kind of go the way that the Bears think they will. I like it. It makes sense. You said at eight and eight, you know, you add Cleo Mack, it maybe gets you two more wins. And if things go really well, uh, you know, maybe injuries happen on the other side or, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron Rodgers we thought, which I don't think is going to happen. But I still have a, little, a few questions about Minnesota. I, they need to sh- prove it with the brand new quarterback. 
uh, that they've added there. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out in the NFC North. Lauren, I appreciate it so much. Guys, if you want to hear more about this Cleo Mack, like I said, he just did a full episode breaking it down. Uh, he's got some great information, so go check out the podcast. Lauren, where can we find you online if we want to follow your content online? Yeah, so I, I write about the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago, and I do, of course, the Lockdown Bears podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. It's like Fox Sports One, the channel, but with a C instead of an F. That's That's the easy way to remember it. Nice, man. You're starting your own network over there. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) This is just the beginning. Well, hey, I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you week 14. And hopefully both of us are really fighting for playoff position. It'll be a fun matchup in Chicago in December. Thanks again, Lauren. Yeah, I appreciate it. That that should be a real game with playoff implications. And I look forward to crossing over for another podcast then. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows. So why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked on Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked on Fantasy Football, only on the Locked on Network.